Welcome to this week's Energy Show. This week we're talking about 10 utility electric company myths, and we're going to debunk these myths. Okay, just a little bit of background. Electric utilities started in the U.S. in the 1880s. Thomas Edison came up with a way of generating DC power. He was sending DC power around in, in New York City and other places. Then George Westinghouse came up with the concept of AC power and started transmitting that. Big industries started to grow. Now, the, the fundamentals of the utility industry or is that you generate power in a central location, big power plants. Hey, originally they were coal, then oil, then gas, and nuclear, now solar. You then have transmission lines that transmit the electricity at high voltages, long distances. We're no longer putting power plants in the middle of a city. They're usually outside, sometimes way outside. Then you have local distribution networks, those utility wires above ground, underground, those little transformers that look like tin cans up on these utility poles. And these these local distribution systems send lower voltage power to businesses and homes in the area. It's a terrific industry. Many innovations. It's really been a key part of our industrial economy's growth. They deliver power safely and relatively inexpensively compared to what it used to cost. I mean, it's pretty affordable when you're looking at what's the alternative, you know, putting in your own wood-burning generator or something. I mean, it's crazy. Much better. But the thing is that the way we generate power... The way we store power, we can store power now. And the way we're using the technology is changing rapidly, rapidly, rapidly. I mean, even like 50 years ago, the way you'd store power, even 10 years ago, is you'd pump the water up into a dam, and then you'd actually run turbines and generate electricity as the water in the dam goes down. We can still do that, but it's also easy to store power in a battery. Okay, so we have to reconsider the role of utilities now that we have solar and wind power, as well as affordable energy storage. The raison d'etre of a utility, which is a big organization that can generate power centrally and distribute it to the homes and businesses that need it. We don't need that as much anymore because technology is kind of passing us by. All right, background. Obviously, I'm a solar guy. I'm biased. But I'm also fighting these utilities for the last 20 years. So I'm biased, but I'm kind of angry sometimes, candidly, because the utilities are my biggest competitor for the last 20 years. When I look at who I'm competing with, yeah, there's a lot of other solar companies out there. And if you know, if I look at things short term, they're my competitors. But, but we solar companies team together and work to change the rules that apply to electricity generation, storage, and usage so that you can take advantage of rooftop solar and storage. So I operate mostly in PG&E territory, but in the past, when I was running Aquina Solar and Westinghouse Solar, we operated all over the U.S. I had the pleasure and the displeasure of dealing with utilities all over the country, dozens of utilities. We're always fighting, regardless of who we're working with, we're fighting for rates against the utilities that don't penalize solar. Solar customers. You hear about net metering going away, things like that. Those are being pushed by utilities and their interests. We're fighting for good solar incentives, not only rebates, but things like the investment tax credit. The utilities were against that tax credit going to businesses and homeowners. Why? Because it makes it harder for them to make money. And we're also now fighting really hard for workforce and labor rules that allow regular solar installers to continue to install the batteries and storage systems and panels that we've been doing safely for 20, 30 years. So it's kind of like a battle between two industries, the little guys and the big guys. The big incumbent utilities got tons of money, billions of dollars, and the little guys, we have better technology. And we're gradually, gradually kind of hopefully hopefully taking over. Now, 
My radio show here, we're basically in the California Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, and our local utility is Pacific Gas and Electric, fondly known as PG&E. They oppose solar incentives. They oppose battery storage incentives. They oppose net metering. They oppose customer tax credits. They're against allowing solar installers to install battery storage systems. They're doing everything they can to increase the cost of installing solar and energy storage on your business or your home. That's a fact. They're horrible when it comes to helping our customers install solar and batteries. It could take three to six months to fill out a simple piece of paperwork. They deliberately lose documents. I wonder why. Well, the reason is these solar and battery storage systems compete with what they do. And do you ever wonder why it's really easy to work with your utility to put in a bigger air conditioning unit or upgrade your service or buy an electric vehicle? They love to do that. Oh, why? Because you're going to buy more power. But if you ever try and get them to say, hey, I want to put a little tiny solar panel on my roof, three kilowatt system, tiny little system, it's smaller than the smallest central air conditioning unit, you go through hell. And that's simply because it reflects on their way to make money. They make money when they put in a bigger air conditioner or when you plug in an electric vehicle or when you expand your house, but they don't make money. They lose money when you generate your own power. Now, I'm critical of PG&E, but absolutely, without a doubt, PG&E is the best utility I've worked with and against uh, over the last 20 years all over the country. They're the most enlightened utility, if you pardon the pun. Most other utilities, almost everyone I've worked with around the country, they're much worse. They're much more hostile. They, they, you know, they don't even acknowledge some of these facts. So PG&E, pretty good in that regard. They have great management, but their management is doing a good job to maximize the profits for their stockholders, and, and we're bumping heads with them. Now, it's really important to understand why utilities like PG&E fight solar. So let's look at what the utility business model is. How do utilities make money? This is really important. The utility business model, public utility business model, operates in reverse to all competitive business models. This backwards business model was explained to me by a former CEO of PG&E. Here's how it works. Listen closely. Each utility every year determines its total estimated expenses. They figure, okay, for 2019, our expenses are going to be X. Then they look at what their total assets are going to be next year. And the way they figure out what revenue they need is they add their total expenses for next year to their total assets times a guaranteed mandatory profit of 10%. Some utilities are a little more. So in the case of pg and I think it's 10, 10 or 11%. So basically, they add their expenses to their total assets times a profit percentage of 10%. And that's how they figure out how much revenue they need to make. So basically, the equation is it's the utility expenses plus their profit on their assets equals their total targeted revenue. Pretty simple equation, but backwards. They then negotiate with the Public Utilities Commission and other entities to determine the electric rates that are going to allow them to hit the necessary revenue number so that they can achieve their targeted profits. So these electric rate negotiations are called rate cases. They sometimes take a few years, and it's painful. There's legions of lawyers and consultants on the utility side and on the the Public Utilities Commission. The big battle between utilities who want to raise the electric rates always, and they always want to increase their assets against consumer organizations who want to lower rates, get other industries like solar and, and storage, who also want to have favorable policies for solar. And the Public Utilities Commission is kind of like the referee. So remember, the equation, total revenue that they get is the net assets times the rate of return plus their expenses. So let's look at a rough example for PG&E based on their 2017 annual report. Total assets at PG&E in 2017, $64 billion. 
times 10% equals a guaranteed profit that they get of $6.4 billion. These numbers aren't perfect. They're just rough ballpark estimates. But it's kind of rough based on their 2017 report. So they get a guaranteed profit of $6.4 billion. To that, they add in their total expenses that they expect for, that they had in 2017. And they figured this out back in 2014, 2015. Total expenses in 2017 were $17 billion. So their total revenue gets to be $17 billion. So it's 6.4 plus 11. They, they then would set the electric rates, and these rates were set back before 2017, so that they get to a targeted revenue of $17 billion. So basically, they say, these are going to be our expenses, these are going to be our, our assets, and they want to make those assets as high as possible. They don't care about the expenses. And this is our targeted rate of return, and that's how they come up with the number. So now that you understand the utilities motivation, we can understand the myths. And where do these myths come from? These myths are coming from the utilities themselves. They're spinning these numbers with their PR departments to justify their actions. And what's worse is they get ratepayer funds for their own favorable public relations and these misleading myths. So we're going to, in the next section, talk about these 10 different myths. But you got to remember, when you dig into the details of these myths, the, the myths are there because the utilities are trying to justify their actions. And they're kind of spinning the truth. So it's really not reality. Okay. Myth number one. Utility profits are decoupled from selling electricity. This is technically true, but in reality, a complete myth is false. The fact is utilities are owned by investors, and investors want to maximize their revenues and maximize their profits, like PG&E. They report every quarter what their profits and their revenues are, and if their revenues decline, their stock prices decline. If their profits decline, their stock prices decline. And when, when these numbers go down, management gets in trouble. They can get fired. There's a changeover. So the management at utilities works very hard to increase their assets, and to maximize their electricity sales. Maximize your electricity sales, get the revenues up, increase their assets, those power plants, those wires, those transformers. They get a guaranteed rate of return on those assets. And PG&E has really good management, so they're doing a good job of maximizing their profits. Okay, myth number two. Solar shifts cost to disadvantage ratepayers. This is a myth. This is a lie. We hear this all the time, and simply because the utilities are pushing this myth out there, and people believe it. And the fact is that independent studies show that when you put rooftop solar into businesses and homes, it reduces electricity costs for everyone. Now, I'm just going to give a quick example. The fact is utilities pay $0.03 cents a kilowatt hour for solar power, much less than they pay for nuclear, coal, and gas. So if, you, if utilities put in solar, it's, it should be cheaper. And if you put in solar, it should be cheaper. The fact is that there's zero impact on ratepayers overall. And these are studies have shown this until at least 10% of the customers have solar. And then it's only a very, very slight impact. These are some studies. No place in the country other than Hawaii has even close to 10% solar penetration. The fact is that solar reduces the load on the grid. If a lot of homes and businesses in the neighborhood have solar, the utility doesn't need to build new transmission systems, new wires, new transformers, new substations, because those homeowners and the businesses have their own power. Guess what? The utilities don't get a profit on that, those solar systems. So that's why they made this myth. The reality is homeowners and businesses, when they put solar and storage in, they pay for their own infrastructure. And that means that other ratepayers don't have to pay for it. The real reason they hate behind the meter solar and storage, that's if your home or your business puts it in, is it reduces the need for more utility assets. You can just do the profit math yourself. Okay. Myth number three. 
Utilities support energy efficiency. They offer rebates. Well, you don't hear a lot about the rebates. Sometimes you open your bill, you might get an email. It's kind of nice. The fact is, utilities are mandated by the Public Utilities Commission to offer these rebates. They're not doing it voluntarily out of the goodness of their own heart. They're required to. And they don't encourage these things. They don't like to encourage energy efficiency. Why? Because it kind of affects their profits. They need fewer assets. And they hate to encourage behind-the-meter solar and storage. And in fact, the utilities, all of them, including PG&E, very active in thwarting these behind-the-meter solar and storage programs. They add costs. They add delays. They make it impossible to get customers interconnected. They make up all kinds of reasons to increase costs. So that's the reality. A little tip here. If you may not know, PG&E offers a $500 rebate if you have an EV. You might not know about that. Maybe your electric car dealer didn't tell you. When you buy an EV, you get $500 back from the utility. It took me like a year to figure that out. They don't publicize it. But anybody listening that has an EV in this territory, PG&E territory, get that $500. Okay. Myth number four, utilities like electric vehicles. They get to sell a lot more electricity. Now, they kind of say, you know, gee, that would be good. We, we could see the utility replacing that corner gas station. Now, I have nothing against the corner gas station. The thing is that those corner gas stations are selling a fossil fuel, and that's not going to be good for the environment. So it'd be great if we could be replacing those gas stations with electricity. That would make sense, especially if the electricity is generated from inexpensive solar and wind. If you're generating the electricity from coal, fact of the matter is you might actually be increasing emissions over gasoline. If you're generating electricity, if your local utility is using a gas-fired power plant, that gas-fired power plant is going to create electricity very efficiently, and you're actually going to be saving if you have an electric vehicle. But if you're in your territory, if your utility is using coal power, in fact, in my view, the electric vehicle is going to have more emissions because you're actually driving from coal power than if you went with gasoline. All right. So here's the thing. Utilities really only like EVs if they get to provide the charging infrastructure. They want to put in the charging points. They want to put in the new wires. Why? Because that increases their assets and increases their profits. There's big battles in California over the last five years or so about who gets to install and own these EV chargers. Some great companies like ChargePoint and others are right down the street from us in Campbell. They'd love to put in EV chargers everywhere, but then they kind of bump up to the utility monopoly that says, oh, hold on. We're the utility. We're the only ones that get the sell retail electricity. You, if you're putting in an EV charger, you have to buy electricity from us at the retail rate, you know, which would be basically a commercial rate, and then mark it up. It makes it really hard for them to make money. Whereas the utilities would rather get all ratepayers to pay for running new wires to those chargers and operating those chargers, and then the utilities would be making the full retail amount. So that's kind of a challenge, and it's slowing down the EV industry, and I hope it changes, but I'm, I'm not super optimistic about that. Okay, next myth. Utilities like solar and battery storage. You go to their websites, you see some nice pictures of solar farms in the deserts, and they're talking about we're putting in new battery storage systems. The fact is, they like solar and battery storage, but only when they own the equipment. So if the utilities are putting in a solar farm or a huge battery storage substation with you know, 10 containers full of lithium-ion batteries, they love it if they do that work, and they basically rate-base it. That goes to their assets. They get a 10% return on those assets. But if the customers buy the solar and put it on the roof, or if the customers buy a big battery and put it in their business in their home, the utility doesn't get that asset, and they fight that. They don't want rebates to go for that, and they make it very difficult for t to connect it, and that means the expenses are higher. Big battle right now. 
in the solar industry between utility installers and distributed energy or behind the meter installers. We call them behind the meter because basically they're not installing the solar and the storage on the utility side of the meter. That's the wires coming down. They install it on the customer side of the meter. Big battle in the industry because utilities support these big solar farms. They buy cheaper electricity from these big solar farms. They get to increase their asset base and their profits with these big solar farms. And the companies that are installing these big solar farms are, are solar installers. They're great guys too. They're safe. They're good. But they're making money from the utilities, which is okay, and they're opposed in many ways to smaller installers or, or commercial and residential installers doing this work. Uh, here's an example. Big company. The biggest solar manufacturer in the country is First Solar. They only make solar panels for utility-scale installations. Their stuff has cadmium in it. So they have glass-on-glass panels. Kind of cool. But it has a toxic chemical cadmium in it. Never put it on your roof, whether you're a business or a home. But it's okay to put it in the desert. First Solar fights against your ability as a homeowner or business owner to put solar on your roof. They fight against that metering. They fight against the tax credit. They're fighting against rules that are favorable to this. And so think about who pays for these utility solar investments. I mean, the reality is if utility puts in a solar farm, they own it. They get to raise the rates for everybody to pay for that asset. Whereas if you put solar on your roof or if you put battery storage in your business or home, you're the customer. You make that investment. You get the direct benefit. And, you know, in some regards, and one of the reasons why so many people are putting in storage is because because the utility lines are, are not that reliable, and there's just a lot of blackouts. So you put the battery in, you've got your own backup power when you need it. Okay, myth number six. Utilities are a public monopoly working on behalf of ratepayers. Well, the fact is that the largest utilities in the U.S. are investor-owned utilities. They're owned by investors. They report publicly to Wall Street, and they're motivated to maximize their profits, kind of going back to that profit calculation we talked about earlier. Management wants to get the biggest profits they can. They get big bonuses. They keep their job. Their stock options go up as long as their profits keep going up. They don't get big bonuses. Their stock options are underwater if the rates go down, or if the sales go down, or if the profits go down, if their net assets go down, which is really what should be happening. I mean, we look at the feasibility of rooftop solar and battery storage. Customers should be putting in those assets, but utilities are fighting to do it themselves. Okay. Myth number seven, solar reduces electrical costs. Fact is, solar reduces your home and your business electricity costs, but solar hasn't really reduced utility electricity costs. I look at my bill over the past 20 years, it's just kind of on a, it's bouncing steadily up, 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 up. If you put solar on your roof, your costs are five to eight cents a kilowatt hour. And compared to your average electric rates in PG&E territory, it's like 23 or 25 cents a kilowatt hour. And then when you look at utilities putting in solar or wind, they're putting in solar systems for three or four cents a kilowatt hour, much less. Have our rates gone down? No. And that's because they're putting in more assets and they get to generate more profits. So solar doesn't really reduce electricity costs when the equipment is owned by utilities. The same thing is going to happen with battery storage. Okay, myth number eight, safety is the utility's number one concern. That's a negative. That's a false fact. It's a fake fact. The profits are their number one concern. I would say that in many cases, safety is their number two concern, but profits are number one concern. Now, utilities do a great job with worker safety. Their own employees, they're really careful about that. They have safety training. I have a lot of respect for utility workers. But when it comes to the safety of the transmission lines, the underground gas pipes, things like that, management thrives when profits go up. And one way to improve profits is defer maintenance on this equipment. So they're not doing maintenance on the electric 
electric wires, there's trees leaning up against them, they have gas lines that are really old, that are decaying, they don't even know what's underground. So we've had recent fires in California. Fires a couple years ago down in Southern California, and fires in 2017 in Northern California, that was because there wasn't enough tree pruning around the utility wires. Utilities are supposed to keep trees from growing up onto the wires. They weren't pruning those trees, you get some wind, trees bump up against the wires, cause a fire, hundreds of people died, thousands of buildings were burned down. The utilities are trying to change the laws in California to absolve them of liability for these fires caused by these wires because they don't want to do the maintenance and they don't want to be caught guilty for causing that and be penalized. Okay. Myth number nine, public utilities are the only way to provide reliable and affordable electricity. Well, the fact is there's two kinds of utilities. There's investor-owned utilities and there's municipal-owned utilities. IOUs almost always charge more for electricity. I'm just kind of looking at PG&E's average rates right down near San Jose, 23 cents a kilowatt hour, and that includes apartments. City of Santa Clara, also in Santa Clara County, City of Palo Alto, they have their own municipal utilities. Their rates are about half of what PG&E's rates are. I looked at some data. Palo Alto rates averaged 11 cents a kilowatt hour. Silicon Valley Power in Santa Clara, 12 cents a kilowatt hour. Municipal utilities provide much cheaper electricity, and it's just reliable, and it's cheaper. And community choice aggregators, and there's some new ones coming out, they're even better. Okay, myth number 10. Solar will disrupt the grid at high penetration levels. This is a fact. This has never happened anywhere in the world. It's called a fear, uncertainty, and doubt from utilities. They're trying to scare you. The reality is, how many black hats have you had in Northern California in your regional area? The grid's already being disrupted because utilities are deferring maintenance on their equipment and that they get better profits, so they're deferring the maintenance. Behind the meter storage and solar cures these local grid problems, but the utilities don't get to keep that asset, and provides backup power. All right, so in conclusion, kind of wrapping up, for 130 years, electric utilities have supplied electricity to homes and businesses. It's been pretty good. It's been pretty safe. There's a good industry. Heck, they got their own squares on Monopoly. But the technology has changed. Now you can generate and store your own power for less money. And keep in mind, the profit motive that utilities have when they spin these myths. Behind the meter, solar and storage is a better option. But you have to compete against an entrenched monopoly. Solar industry spins its wheels and spends millions of dollars doing that. So I suggest you look into solar and storage for your own home or your own business. And get multiple quotes. Because candidly, there's some myths about solar installers too. You can figure it out if you get some competitive quotes. That's all the time we have on this week's energy show and thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in if you missed any of today's show you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy or listen to the podcast 